Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to Trina Talk. If you're listening, go out and subscribe to the show so that you won't miss an episode. My goal here with Trina Talk is to empower and impact people all around the world. So I need your help to do that. Go out and tell your friends, your family, and everyone you know to listen to Trina Talk. There's a new episode every Monday. Welcome to episode 197. The topic of this week's episode is how to use your brain. My guest this week is Liam Naden. Liam is a speaker, teacher, author, and researcher whose mission is to share with the world the knowledge behind all teachings of religion, science, and philosophy that the key to success in your life is to use your brain the right way. He hosts two podcasts, Growing in Love for Life, and it's about marriage and relationships, and Using Your Brain for Success, about how to use your brain the right way. In addition to being the author of more than 25 Kindle books and five coaching programs, Liam is the creator of Neural State Rebalancing. And it's a unique method to retrain your brain to bring you what you want in life. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes we have that stinking thinking and we need to retrain our brain so that we can think positively and bring those things that we wish to have in our life. So grab your pen and your pad and get ready for the interview with Liam. Hi, Liam. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hello, Trina. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to speak with you because you're doing something that I have never spoken to anyone about, and that's um, how to use your brain and using Mm. it to impact your life. But before we get started with that, I always ask my listeners to tell my guests to tell the listeners who you are and what made you the Liam that you are today. Okay, well, my name is Liam Naden. I'm originally from New Zealand, and I <clears throat> excuse me, spend most of my time in Europe these days. And what I do is help people um, to understand how their body and mind really work and contribute to either solving problems or having problems, and how they can use their brain to really create the life they actually want to have. And I also do marriage and relationship coaching particularly with people who are struggling and who are perhaps facing divorce. That's hmm. basically me. Wow. Okay, so let's let's get right into it. So using the brain to help solve problems to have the life that you want, how is that different than what how people normally think and use their brain? Okay, well, maybe I could answer that question by telling you how I stumbled on this as an approach. Because probably like most of your listeners, you know, I've spent most of my life trying to figure out how do we achieve success? How do we get, how do we have a happy life, basically, which is 
the definition of success and get everything that we want um, to have in our life. And I spent many years, in fact, decades, trying all sorts of different approaches. And I'm sure, again, your listeners can relate to this, but you know, there are all sorts of different ways to try and figure out how to be successful and happy. One approach, and it was the first one I started with, was religion. Yeah. And, you know, we're told if you pray to God and you believe in God and you are a good person, then you can pretty well have anything you want. And a lot of people do that. And I, I certainly was very involved in the church and praying and asking for things that I wanted. But the funny thing was I didn't, if I was really honest, usually I didn't get what I was praying for. And I think um, it certainly didn't work consistently enough for me to say this is the answer. And I looked at the people around me, and they weren't necessarily any happier than anybody else. So I thought maybe religion and prayer isn't quite the answer. So then I moved on to other things such as personal development, where I did all sorts of workshops and seminars and read all the books on success and setting goals and even doing things like affirmations or changing, you know, working on changing your subconscious mind or changing your beliefs and all those sorts of things. And I worked really hard at that. And I did become more successful and I had my own business and I made a lot of money. But that thing that eluded me was that feeling of success. And in particular, having a life that didn't have problems in it. You know, and I just thought the more successful I seemed to become, the more problems and stress I had in my life. And I thought, is this really all worth it? You know, it just it was all just too is all very hard and difficult. So I thought, well, you know, maybe there's got to be some other approach that I can try to get my life feeling that I was more in control of it, which is really what I wanted. And so I tried spirituality and I learned to meditate and I, I went right down the spiritual path as well, thinking, as I'd heard, if you want to be truly happy and successful, you need to get in touch with your spiritual side and all the answers that you seek are there. So I tried that and then I became, I didn't just do these things a little bit. I really, really put, you know, I'd go to seminars on the other side of the world to, um, to try and find out all of these things. But then something, and I again, I was very successful in business. I had a number of businesses over the years, and I had you know nice homes and and all those things. But I never felt really in control of my life and truly happy. And I was always stressed, and I was always with problems. And I I began to think, well, maybe life is supposed to be about having problems. Maybe it's unrealistic to expect that you can't that that you can live without problems. So anyway, here I was barreling along and I was becoming an expert on success and uh, doing all these, having tried all of these things and, and really knowing a lot about them. And then something really strange happened to me. And that was that I lost everything mm. and I became homeless. And I almost became bankrupt and I had to move in with my elderly mother and sleep on the sofa in her living room. I had nothing. I, had, I lost all my friends, my businesses, my marriage at the time. Um, I, I literally had a car and a few clothes. And I had, and worst of all, I had no prospects because I moved back to a town where my mother was that I, where I knew nobody. Mm -hmm. So, and I had, and I was thinking, how am I going to get out of this mess? Um, and the other thing I thought was, I'm the next boot on success. This should mm -hmm. never have happened to me. How did this happen to me? So I thought all of the things that I've learned 
none of them have really worked. And if I, if any of them had worked, I shouldn't be in this situation where I'd, I'd really become very unsuccessful. So that sent me in, in quite a new direction. And the direction it sent me in was to, to figure out, well, what's really going on in my life? What is creating the results that I get in my life? It's obviously not me trying hard. It's obviously not being me being motivated and it's not me learning as much as I can about um, all of these different things. It's not about praying really hard. It's not about, about um, being really a hard, pushing, sort of driving, goal-seeking person. None of those things working. So I tried a different approach, and that approach was I gave up. I just thought, you know, I'm sick of the stress. I've got nothing. So whatever shows up will show up. And the really funny thing happened after that was my life went in a completely different direction. And I found, and obviously it was a few months tidying up the mess, <laughs> getting through all of the, I was, I was in court with two ex-wives at the same time, yes. going through, you know, multiple divorces, if you like, or cleaning up the first one and, and the second one. Mm -hmm. um, so I had lots of problems, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to give up and see what happens. And when I did that, and, and I... I learnt, I figured it out later what had actually happened. But when I did that, my life went in a much better direction. And I suddenly started to meet far better people than I had met. I, I, had a, I, met, I created a relationship with somebody who was a completely different person and far more suited to me than I'd ever met in my life. And I started to find business opportunities came to me. And I started to do, to do all of the things I'd really wanted to do um, but I hadn't been able to because I was so busy trying, seeking success. And most of all, I didn't have any problems. I didn't have any stress. And I was finding all of the right things were sort of happening at the right time and at the right place to give me what I wanted. And I was so much happier than I'd ever been. And I thought, I need to try and figure out what's really, you know, what's the difference? Women of color in tech feel excluded, isolated and treat it as though they are invisible. We have to work twice as hard and be twice as good to get noticed. I help women of color in tech get past imposter syndrome, navigate the obstacles in the tech workplace, and advance in their careers by being confident, showing up authentically, and negotiating the pay and promotions they deserve so that they can represent and remain in tech. If you are a woman of color in tech and you're ready to take command of your career path, then Tech Trifecta is for you. It's my private coaching program and is now open. Enroll today at tlmintl.link forward slash Tech Trifecta. And what I discovered is, and it really is staring us all in the face, quite literally, is this thing between our head is the most powerful computer that's ever been created in the universe. And we've forgotten, firstly, that it exists, and secondly, just how powerful it is. And thirdly, the role it really plays in our life, in creating our life. And that's what led me deeper and deeper into how the brain works. And I've been using this knowledge, if you like, or what I've, what I've learned not only to make my life just so much easier and more successful than it's ever been, but I've been helping other people to really shift gears. And when you understand how your brain works, it's a bit like any machine. 
you know, if you use your car the wrong way, you know, you, if, if you want to go up a hill at, at, at 100 miles an hour and you leave the handbrake on <laughs> and you put it in first gear and you put the wrong fuel in, doesn't matter how motivated you are, doesn't matter how much you know about cars, doesn't matter how many what your goals are or how hard you pray, you're not only not going to get there, but you're going to have problems. It's going to be a struggle all the way. But if you know how to use that machine the right way, it, it does what it's supposed to do, which is take take you there and with far more effort and pleasure. And you can just sit back and enjoy the ride. Mm. And that literally is the secret of our brain. You know, our brain has got the equivalent computing power of 500 million computer microprocessors. You know, we've got 100 billion neuron cells, which are these incredible cells that are in our brain that, that hold all our intelligence and everything about us. There's 100 billion of them. You know, this isn't just some little thing, what we've got here. We've got infinite intelligence, but we, we've been using this machine the wrong way. And that's, if you use any machine the wrong way, what happens? You get problems. Yeah. That's it. You use it the right way, you don't have problems. That's it. Hmm. So that is that's very interesting. And the fact that you said you, you know, you went through religion, affirmations, meditating, because those are the things that you hear that people say that's these right. are the things you should do. Yeah. So so let us in on the secret. How do we use our brain to bring us right. that? that peace in our lives so that we can thrive. Okay. Well, the first thing to realize is why, you know, because people often say to me, well, or, or, the, or the, the stumbling block people have first is thinking why their brain should give you a, a, an effort-free, problem-free life. Not an effort-free life, but a stress-free, problem-free life. You know, how can the brain do that? So if you peel everything back and if you zoom right out, and ask yourself, you know, what's the purpose of life? Now, a big question. And we all have different answers, but there's one thing we can all agree on, and that is we have a biological purpose. You know, we're part, we're not, we're not just a human being, but we have a, a human component, a physical component. So we must have a purpose biologically. And if, and if you look at every species on the planet, including ourselves, they all have one biological purpose. And every biologist and scientist will agree with us and tell you this is true, that our biological purpose is to create more life. In other words, we're here biologically, we're programmed to help provide the continuation of this and survival of the species, of the human race. And the way we do that is by being at our best. You know, you've probably heard of the survival of the fittest. And that's absolutely true. But you're designed to try and strive for being your fittest and being your best. Because when you're your best, then you've got the greatest chance of your own survival, and therefore the survival of the species. So our biological purpose is to be our best so that we can survive. It gives us the best chances. And we've got a machine that is designed to keep us at our best and make sure we're at our best and also help us to avoid problems. And that, of course, is this infinite thing called our brain. This is the machine that's designed to make us survive and thrive. And because it has, infinite, it has literally an infinite power of computer processing, you know, intelligence, it can do that for us. But the problem is we run, it, well, we run into problems when, we, when we're not using it the right way. So 
maybe I can just explain a bit about how our brain actually works. And obviously, there's been lots of research over the years about this. <clears throat> and it's, you know, an inf infinitely complex machine. But there have been various models developed to try and describe how the brain works. And essentially, what science has discovered is that there are four parts to the brain. And they're physically located in different places, and they have very different functions. And the first part of the brain is your thinking rational brain. It's called sometimes called the neocortex. And this is where all your thoughts, the information is stored, where, you, where your, your ability to communicate comes from. So it's all the information brain, if you like, and it's our rational, where our rational thinking comes from. Now, the second part of the brain is the emotional part of the brain, and that's situated physically just below the neocortex, the rational thinking brain. It's the emotional brain. It's also called the limbic system. Try not to get too technical, but it's but I call it the emotional brain. And this is where our feelings come from. Okay? And that's really important. And the third part of our brain is called our survival. It has various names, reptilian, survival brain, mechanical brain. Mm. And this is this is at the base of our skull. And this controls everything to do with our basic survival. So it handles all of our automatic functions like our breathing and our heartbeat and digestion and all of the functions of our organs that happen automatically without us thinking or having emotion. It just happens automatically. And the other interesting part of that, because that's all about our survival, our physical survival, it looks after that. And that has a really interesting function as well, which is to do with fight or flight, which you might have heard of. This is a survival instinct. So if we're presented with a threat or a danger, you know, say a car comes towards us and we jump out of the way. So that part of our brain operates and gets us to operate instinctively to react in the face of a threat. That's part of our survival. And for a long time, it was believed those were the three parts of the brain. You had your thinking brain, your feeling brain, and your mechanical doing brain, if you like, survival brain. But they've recently discovered through a number of researchers, Dr. Pilau is probably the most famous of them, he's discovered there's a fourth part of your brain. And this is located in various little places. One's called the pineal gland. Um, and this is what I call the creative brain. Because there are lots of things about our lives we can't explain from either a, a rational point of view or, an, or something that we've thought of. You know, what causes synchronicity? What causes us suddenly to come up with a brilliant solution to a problem or an idea completely different to anything we've ever thought of before? Mm -hmm. What causes somebody to walk into our life who we weren't expecting to meet or a situation to happen? And we might think those are all coincidences, but they're not really, because remember, we're dealing with something, an intelligence that, that's infinite here. So what people have discovered, this fourth part of the brain this is really what creates your life when you're work when you're operating in in the in um, in a perfect state, if you like. When you're using your brain correctly, you're operating from primarily your creative brain. That because that's what's driving your life, and that's going to bring you insights, awarenesses. It's going to motivate you to do the right things. It's going to give you those impulses and feelings that I should do this, and you just do it. It's going to bring people into your life unexpectedly. All of this is way beyond, of course, you know, what our rational brain is thinking, because our rational thinking brain goes, oh, no, you have to work it all out. And that can't, you know, 
this is the reason for that, and that won't work, and this, this will work, and this is what you should do. But that's the wrong way of doing it. Mm. You know, because, and if you really think about your life, and I know for me and, and the people I've worked with, I've Satan, think about the important things of, that have really shaped your life. Are they really things that you've worked out in advance? Or are they things that have just shown up quite unexpectedly? Mm-hmm. You know, the, per- the person you meet who becomes your husband or your wife, were you expecting to meet them the day before you did? So there's something else at work that's beyond your thoughts. So the whole key is, and it's the same in the whole of nature, when you, you look at every other species on the planet, they operate from a creative place. They, in other words, they operate naturally. They live naturally. They're not busy trying, and you can say, well, they have a little less of a brain than we do, less of a thinking brain. But it is the nature of who we are on a biological level is that our life is supposed to flow in a way that doesn't have problems. And if we're presented with a problem, our creative brain is there to solve it for us in the best. That means feeling great and happy. And on a physical level, your body operates perfectly when you feel at your best. It's called right. homeostasis, which is the, the proper functioning. Your, all of your cells, your, all of your organs, they operate perfectly when you're in this state of non-stress. Mm-hmm. But when you have problems and when you have stress, they interrupt and they, 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 they create more problems for you. So they don't have a role. So problems and stress are unnatural because they don't do anything to, to enhance your ability to survive. They, they make you sick. You know, there's lots of evidence that people, we all get ill because of, because of stress. Right. And they make us do things that can harm us. So there's no positive, there's no actual biological purpose for problems. And when you're in your natural creative state, you're going to find you don't have problems. And I know that sounds weird and strange, but it is our natural state is not to have problems. Mm. So, and I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying is, you know, for life, instead of using that first part, which is our thinking brain, where most of the time we're analytical and we're analyzing and trying to make sense of things is to just get to that creative state and tap more into that and let the brain do its job to kind of tell you what your next steps are. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Yeah. You know, all of our thinking is a very limited part of what our brain actually does. And this is, hmm. this is a big problem for us because we try to think our way out of problems, but that, we don't need to do that. That's, you know, you're never going to think your way out of problems, really. You might get solutions come to you, but it's much easier if you use the full power of your brain to come up with solutions for you. Hmm. And... Exactly. How do you do that? I mean, how, I mean, how do you go to that state where, so like me, I'm a, I'm an analytical person. So how do I get from saying, okay, I have to do step A before I do step B to getting to that point where I'm saying, okay, let me tap into that creative state of my brain. Instead of me trying to make something happen, let it naturally do what it, you know, let yep. my life naturally follow the path that it's going to follow. Well, it's interesting. You know, a major clue on what to do is held in every religion mm-hmm. on the planet. 
and every um, spiritual tradition. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give you an example of the Bible. I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, read the Bible. In the Bible, it tells us more than 300 times how to do this mm-hmm. by the simple phrase, be not afraid, have faith. Mm-hmm. It says that more than three, 300 times. Now, it doesn't say that. And, and also in the, the you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a particularly practicing Christian. I used to be. But there's some very powerful um, things in the Bible. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, give no thought to to tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm. He says, be not afraid. And he says, you know, the flowers in the fields, look how beautiful they are. And aren't aren't they looked after by the Father? Aren't you, who are much more beautiful, going to be looked after as well? And all of these things, be not afraid, have faith, give no thought for tomorrow. What they're actually doing, this instruction is say it's not just a suggestion. This is the blueprint of how to use your brain. Because when you have faith, when you believe, and I don't mean in a religious sense, but when you actually just let go and trust, you move your brain into this natural creative state. But when you are afraid, when you feel stressed, and trying to figure stuff out is a symptom of feeling afraid, isn't it? If you knew everything was going to work out, work out perfectly, and you just let it happen, and you knew that that's that you, that was fine. You wouldn't need you wouldn't feel the need to work, try and work stuff out. Right. You know, you think, well, I don't need to work it out. The right thing will show up at the right time. Mm-hmm. And what actually happens on a physical level, and this is how my um, work with the brain ties in with religion as well, and this whole fear thing. Fear is your enemy because what fear mm-hmm. does is it moves you out of your natural creative state mm-hmm. and into another state which is your survival, fight, or flight. And that's, scientists call that your sympathet- activating your sympathetic nervous system. Mm. And there's something really interesting happens when you do that. When you feel afraid, you know what happens to your brain? It shuts down all of your creativity. It shuts down your ability to see positive solutions to a problem or to an issue. Because your, that part of your brain is designed for one thing only, and that is, there's, some, there's a danger coming towards you. You've got to react and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So you've got to see all of that danger. You've got to be very alert and you've got to see all of it, which is why you always focus on the negative when you're in a fearful state, when you mm-hmm. feel stressed or afraid. So you've got to, it can only allow you to see the negative in, in any situation because that's going to be vital for your survival. You know, you can't be walking down the forest and you hear a lion roar in the, in the, um, in the distance and, and you can't... Uh, be distracted by saying, oh, look at the beautiful flowers and the trees and oh, the smell the breeze. Mm-hmm. You, your brain has to focus you on that problem and yeah. see all of the possible dimensions to the problem. So when you're in a fearful state, you limit your awareness, you focus on the negative, you can only see the negative. This is all on a physical level and you block your brain's ability to bring you all of the things you need to be truly happy. Mm-hmm. So this is it works on a physical level. So so the answer is if you want to use your brain the right way, if you want to have a perfectly stress-free, problem-free life, which is what your brain is programmed to give you, so that you survive to the best of your ability and help with the survival of the species. If you want to live in that natural state, you've got to get rid of your fear. That's it. Now, of course, wow. the trick is get it. How do you get rid of your fear? Right. But that is, 
You know, the Bible's told us over and over again, don't be afraid. Have faith. Let go. And it's not saying it's a nice idea. This is what you've. This is where you're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's a big jump for most of us to go from, it's a leap of faith, isn't it? Yeah. To let yeah. go. And that's, that's so, the key is to let go of that fear. That's right. And how you do that is a lifelong journey, which starts with understanding how, how you actually operate and how you're supposed to operate. And the more you do that, the more you are able to let go. But, you know, this is, it's a difficult thing for all of us to, at times, to, to really trust and let go, and particularly when things aren't going, going well in our life. Mm-hmm. Or we're not getting what we want. And there's always this part of us that says, yes, well, that's all very well. But just set some more goals and, mm-hmm. you know, try harder and try and figure it out and write down a whole lot of ideas and brainstorm it and read another book, go to another seminar. Mm-hmm. There's somebody there who might have the answer. Get some more information, watch some more YouTube videos, you know, and cram mm-hmm. your head full of all this stuff, which is all still based on your fear. Mm. It's all driven by fear, and therefore you can't see the big picture. You know, I I do um, marriage and relationship coaching, and I often say to people, I usually I don't do it with couples so much. I do it with individuals who are having problems, and I say to them, look, you can't figure out what to do in your situation. Have you got a friend who who's told you what they given you some advice? They say, oh yes, I've got a friend, and she said, oh, um, you know, I'm struggling in my marriage, and they're saying, look get rid of the guy and find somebody else. You're far better than that. You don't need the hassle. Mama. And often it's the right solution. Often a friend mm-hmm. can see what how we can solve a problem, but we can't see it. Mm-hmm. No. So a friend might tell you in your relationship, it's a bad one, and you're, you, but you can't see it. You think, oh, no, I'm, I, I can fix it, you know, whatever it is. Or could be a business um, part of you. But, you know, I used to, some of my businesses, I would have parts of them that weren't running right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a business advisor would say to me, just close that down. It's causing you all the stress. It's not working. It's never going to work. Don't worry about it. And I'd go, oh, no, I can fix it. I can, you know, I can overcome these problems and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. So very often someone else can see the answer to our problems and we can see the answer to someone else's, but we can't see it for ourselves because our brain in this fear state is blocking our awareness and blocking our ability to see all of the solutions, the real solutions. Wow. So fear, fear is the enemy. That's it. That, that's, yeah, that's like the answer right there. And I can see how, like you said, you went from being homeless to turning your life around because you, you let go of all that stress of, how did I get here? Okay, I need to fix it. I need to do this or whatever, you know, that we we put on ourselves. And you're like, okay. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I understand it. I understand that once you get past that fear and you let that go, you're giving your brain time to give you that solution. Whereas when we're in situations, we're focused on, I got to find the answer. I got to find the answer. What's the solution? What's the solution? And when you let go of that fear, it gives your brain that release to actually do, like you said, do what it's created to do and give you the solution that you need. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Wow. Hmm. 
Interesting. I'm, I'm, yeah. So you've given me a, a new way of thinking because yeah, it, it, it makes, it makes sense. And it's something that I know I need to do. And I'm pretty sure many of the listeners do because I think we, we are conditioned to look at the problem, right? We're conditioned to be stressed and look at the problem. Oh, how did I get here? Oh, what do I need to do to fix it, fix it, fix it. And I think a lot of times we are looking and trying to analyze our situation, whatever it can, it could be, whether it's in life finances or whatever, and we're looking to fix it because that's what we've been told all our life, right? You got to make it happen. You got to fix it. You got to do these things that we, we cloud our brain and we're not able to actually let that brain come through and give us the solution that we're looking for. Yes. I mean, it's, it's tragic. Like in so many areas of human life, we've really been sold things that aren't true about who we are and how we operate. You know, we've been brought up from <clears throat> by well-meaning people and, and maybe some not so well-meaning, but uh, <laughs> to think you've got to work hard, you've got to set goals, you've got to figure out stuff, you've got to sit down at the beginning of the year and map out everything. And if you don't, you're you're a failure. Right. You know, um, you can't just, and you can't be lazy. There's mm-hmm. a difference between being um, not doing anything and, and allowing the right things. You still put an effort. You still right. do, but you end up doing the right things. And I don't know about you, but I've spent... It probably hasn't happened to you, but I can think of so many things, so much effort and time I spent throughout my life trying to fix problems that if I'd made the right decision in the first place, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been there. Oh no, that's you know, happened so, to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's happened to everyone, hasn't it? Yeah. And you think about it, you know, if I just had, why did I make that decision? And sometimes you know at the time you're making the wrong decision. You know, often this yeah. happens with a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be walking down the aisle to get married and think, I really shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. But some, but you're still out of fear. You just think, oh, no, I'll make it work. Yeah. You know, I've talked to many people who have been in that situation. But there's another part of your brain that your brain is saying, look, I'll, if you just let me guide you, don't be afraid. Don't worry about what you think might happen. If you really let go, if you really trust, and again, that comes from knowing how to use, get these four parts working the right way. And I, I actually have a, a process that I've developed called neurostate rebalancing. And what mm-hmm. that does is it gets those four parts balanced the way and operating the way they're supposed to. It wow. doesn't and come from focusing on problems. It comes from allowing your, your brain to solve the problems. And how you do know? you, I mean, how exactly do you do that? Because that was my next thing I wanted to ask you about. How do you allow it to, to rebalance? How, how does that work? How do you get to that state? Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, I have. I teach all of this. And I have a whole coaching program okay. which explains this. But the very short um, answer to that question is: it comes down to how and basically the state that you're in, this natural creative state. Mm-hmm. There are two states we're generally in. We're either in this when we're really creating or doing things of significance. We're either in this natural creative powerful state where life is flowing we don't have problems we make the right decisions we have insights we um we avoid problems Mm -hmm. and things flow it's called being in the flow often we're either in that state when we're really performing well or we're in a fear state where we're reacting to what we think are problems 
Mm-hmm. Now, both of those are created by our brain. But when you're in that reactive state, you not only can't see the solution to problems, but you do all of the things that make problems worse. So whereas fighting back when an animal's attacking you is a good reaction to a real danger, fighting back against another person just because you're feeling stressed always backfires, doesn't it? It's not, not the solution. So <clears throat> what we need to understand is what causes our brain to put us in either this creative state or this fear-based reactive state. And it comes back to another part, to two other parts of the brain, or actually all three but of the other parts. But basically, when you think how your brain operates, it gathers and stores information through our senses and also our thoughts. So when we hear, smell, taste, touch something, that comes in as a piece of information and it goes into that neocortex rational brain, the thinking brain, where it stores all the information. Now, what happens is every second of your life, your brain is looking out for danger because its role is to protect you from danger as well as to make sure that you don't have any problems. But there's a part of you that's always on the lookout for danger. And and when it sees a danger, so what, what the brain does is it takes all this information and the emotional part of the brain, the limbic system, it is constantly looking around at your circumstances for and it's and it's making judgment on whether something is dangerous or safe in your circumstances. And most of the time, if it says no, everything's good, everything's fine. What it what your that comes from your emotional brain. It produces hormones and feelings, and it makes you feel good. So you feeling good is a sign that you're in your in your that your emotional brain has said life's good, everything's safe, no problems. And then your creative brain goes, okay, great. Well, I can get on with creating the perfect life you're supposed to have and making sure you keep it that way. But if your emotional brain interprets some data and it says, this means, so some information from the logical brain has come in about your environment and your emotional brain is making the decision and it does it in a slightly complicated way, but so I won't get into it, but it basically says, ah, that means danger. Mm-hmm. So somebody, you know, an animal running towards you or a car coming your way, goes through all the information, that equals danger. And what it does is it creates another emotional state. It releases a different set of hormones which make you feel afraid. And that's good because then you react. You don't think, you don't work out what's going to happen. You just react to that Mm -hmm. danger. And that's the purpose of this fear-based state. So, But the problem problem is what your brain is actually doing is it's making an interpretation as to what is dangerous mm-hmm. and most of the time what our because of what we, how we programmed our brain through our childhood and everything else and all the experiences in our life we programmed our brain to think that things that aren't dangerous actually are mm. so for instance your wife comes to you and says i want a divorce and our brain says does that mean danger or safety now, if you've got all these things that say, oh, if, you, if you're divorced, you're going to be a failure and you'll be on your own and you won't find anyone else and your children will be all upset, your brain says, this is really bad. This is dangerous. So it puts you into that survival state. What do you do? You react. You say, oh, please don't leave and I'll do anything and I'll buy you flowers and I'll fix it all up and I can't live without you and you get in all this terrible state. So you do all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So what you've really got to do, and I, I, as I say, I do teach this, You've got to teach your brain not to see something as dangerous when it isn't dangerous. Mm. 
because your brain should only be seeing something dangerous that actually is physically about to harm you. Right. And somebody telling, and you're losing all your money or not making more money than you want to now or needing to make more money or being worried about your relationship or being worried about anything. That's just your brain saying that it's dangerous, that if you lose right. all your money, it's dangerous and you could lose all your money. And the stock market's gone down, which means you should get all stressed because that means it's a threat to your survival. Mm -hmm. But it's not a threat to your survival. It's just you think it is. You've, you've developed this idea that if the stock market goes down if you, or if you, lose, if you don't make more money or if you don't set a bigger goal, mm -hmm. it's going to harm you. It's not true. It's just what your brain has wired in. So you have right. to rewire your brain to, to recognize only true danger so that when it sees something that really is dangerous, it's going to put you into that fear state so you can fight the danger. But all the rest of the time, you don't want it looking at something that isn't a danger and telling you that it is. Hmm. because that, And that's why most people are stressed most of the time because their brain is telling them they're in danger when they're not. Mm -hmm. You know, and people get, do all sorts of weird things or their brains force them to do, do weird things. They think, you know, there's something that might harm the human race or something and they rush mm -hmm. out and stock up on toilet paper or, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah. people do all sorts of irrational things, right. but it's not their fault. It's their brain saying um, you're in danger. You need to react right. and you need to fo focus on all of the problems and get out of the problems. And it's, you know, one of the things the brain does in that state is it's always looking for problems. Mm. So if you're in a state of always looking for problems, you're going to find problems. Right. It's just your brain because you've, you're in that state of looking out for problems. Oh, there's a problem. Oh, that's dangerous. I have to react to that. I have to fix that. Mm -hmm. And we, that's why we're not happy. That's why we're yeah. stressed all the time. It's all, but it's all in our imagination. Well, it's all our brain interpreting brain. things in the wrong way. So mm -hmm. we have to re retrain our brain to um, show us the reality of life, which is everything is perfect. There mm. are no problems. And if you have something that comes, comes, and if you believe that and you know that, and you know that all religion is telling you that's the way that it is actually, if something comes along, then you know you're going to be able to deal with it. Right. Right. And you will react and you'll get back. And the problem will go and you'll get back to the way you're supposed to live, which is being in the flow, being in this creative, excited state where, you know, you hear about people who seem to be lucky. Mm -hmm. huh. They're attracting to them. You know, there's the, talk, the law of attraction is another sort of touches on this. You might have heard of law of attraction. Yeah. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's all this infinitely powerful machine just doing its job. And I don't know about you. I'd rather use a 500 trillion microprocessor computer than me trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. But, Liam, we have surpassed our time. So Ooh, sorry about that. Oh, no. So tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want to, you know, get in your coaching program and learn more about how to use their brain to have a successful life. Tell them how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Well, the best thing is just to go to my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. I have a podcast there called Using Your Brain for Success, where I go into a lot more detail explaining how and why this works and, you know, how to do it. And then, of course, my coaching is around my process called Neurostate Rebalancing, which uh, 
really shows you exactly how to do this and really turn your life into the way it's supposed to be. We're the only species on the planet that has problems. Hmm. You know, we make pro- we, nature is not about having problems. And when you get the hang of this, and I've coached many people on this as well, they're just amazed how their problems just disappear. And they realize that, I mean, it, it sounds bizarre to our thinking, rational, how can that work, you know, brain. But um, this is how we're biologically designed. It's not, we've been sold it the wrong way that life's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be hard. If, if something's difficult, then you're doing it the wrong way. Right. Literally. Yeah, that is so true. Well, Leon, thank you for taking time out and being on the show. I know it's late for you, so that's why I wanted to be, you know, considerate of your time. But thank you for being on the show. And, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you. And you too. Thank you very much. Okay. I want to thank my guests for being on the show. And I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and don't forget to tune in next week.